Today on Bold Steps Weekend, Mark Job teaches us how to get right with God. Do you know that you can act like you really want God, but you really don't? It doesn't mean just feeling bad. It means earnest, sincere. You have drive inside that says, I want God. Listen, if you're a believer right now and you don't have a desire to get right with God, then God will lead you down a path where he'll discipline you. But I'm going to tell you, it'll be much more painful the further you go down the road. Welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is senior pastor of New Life Community Church and president of Moody Bible Institute. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Well, there are different factors that can lead us into being spiritually hard of hearing. But on the program today, Mark will give us some practical tips for making this the day we open our ears to the voice of God. If you've missed any part of this series called Hearing God, you can catch up anytime at boldstepsweekend.org. While you're there, be sure to take advantage of the videos and articles and special feature resources that we'll talk about later in the program. Right now, let's get started. Our message is titled, Positioned to Hear. Here's Mark Job with today's Bold Steps Weekend. Now, the town of Laodicea was known for these three things. They were known for their gold. They were known for their white wool. And they were known for their medicinal ointments that could be put on various parts of your body, but on your eyes as well. So they prided themselves in these things. Uh, like Chicago's known for its deep dish pizza, the socks, and our skyline. Okay, the Cubs as well. All right, all right. Some of you out there, all right, all right. I'll throw that in there. I know, I know. I don't want to be biased here. So they prided themselves in those things, right? And God is using the images that they prided themselves in and using spiritual analogies for them. And he says to them, part of your problem is you need to get real gold, not fake gold. Materialism was one of the issues that had caused them to go lukewarm. Misplaced values. Listen, the Bible says where your heart is, there your treasure will be also, or where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. There's nothing wrong with, with wealth and possessions and the house that you live in and the car that you drive and accumulating and making a lot of money. God is the God that gives us the power to create wealth. But when that becomes an idol in your life, you have displaced God and God needs to come back to the center. And they had... They were pursuing gold, but they had neglected the gold that doesn't perish and moth doesn't eat and it doesn't give away. And so he says, I want you to get gold that's refined by fire, in others, pure gold so that you can become rich. I want you to be spiritually rich is what he's telling them. Secondly, I want you to come to me and get white clothes to wear. In other words, I want you to come to me and get your purity so that you could cover your shameful nakedness. They had misplaced values. They had compromised living. This is about purity. Listen to me well. Sometimes we can live our lives in compromise. You can say, I want God, but I don't want to give up the world. I, I want... God to bless me and experience his forgiveness on Sunday, but I want to sleep with my girlfriend on Friday. 
Listen, I want that feeling of God in my spirit and the joy that he gives. And then I want to go out and party, dance, and get drunk on Saturday. I, I, want, I want God to fill my mind with his peace and his joy. But, but I also want to dabble in internet pornography and fill myself there as well. What God is saying is, listen, you need to choose one or the other. You can't have both worlds. If you belong to God, then you need to be God's. You need to say, I live for God. And I'm not going to deliberately play both worlds. I choose one or the other. White clothes so I walk in purity before you, God. So I repent of stuff that I know is not close to your heart. And I pursue, I don't live in compromise. I don't live with one foot in God and one foot in the world. Listen, listen, especially those of you that have grown up in the church. Listen to me, young people, if you've grown up in the church. It's easy to learn church culture. And to be worldly. It's easy to know the songs because you've grown up in, with them. But live totally a wild, godless, carnal life out there. It's easy to make church a part of your culture but never have experienced true conversion. There's a difference between going to church and being raised in the church and really being a follower of Jesus Christ. And everybody needs to know there's a huge difference. Just because you were raised at New Life Community Church doesn't make you a follower of Jesus Christ. It just means that you've been in a culture where there's followers of Jesus and you learn the songs and the language and have the Bible and you know what it means to live for God, but it doesn't mean you're living for God. And if you're not, listen to me, if you've grown up in this church, you've been around this church for a long time, I'm gonna tell you, Sodom and Gomorrah that were destroyed by sulfur from heaven have more mercy and judgment than what we will have when we've been exposed to more of the mercy and goodness of God than anybody else. If you've grown up in this church, you've heard the gospel. If you've grown up in this church, you've had help to change your life. If you've grown up in this church, you know what's right. You know what's wrong. If you've grown up in this church, you had the uh, power to repent and come to God and experience the fullness of God. Listen, you've had all the opportunities at your disposal. You're not in some village in Africa where everybody's an animus worshiping a tree and never had good exposure to the gospel. We are without excuse. Misplaced values. Compromised living. And spiritual insensitivity. He says, and salve to put on your eyes so that you can see. Come to me and get that which will open your eyes spiritually. If we harden ourselves to God long enough, then we lose our spiritual sensitivity and we stop seeing the things that God wants us to see. And I love what God says. I love this about God, that God is always giving us a path back to himself. Don't you love that about God? That God is always giving us a path back to him. He always says... He may bring the spotlight on us and make us squirm. And by the way, can I tell you this? Listen, I'm your pastor. It is my job, my obligation. I would be a lousy pastor if all I did was preach to you happy messages. Because sometimes the message, sometimes the gospel is hard. 
Sometimes it's not, oh yes, God. Sometimes it's, ouch, Lord. And I believe truth and love put together. Amen? And, and, I, and, and my goal is not just to say things that you want to hear. My goal is to preach the good news of Jesus Christ as in, in much accordance to the word of God as I can. And sometimes the message of Jesus Christ slaps us in the face. Sometimes it feels like a punch in the stomach, but it's always with love bringing us back to himself. Amen? And so in verse 19, it says, those whom I love, I rebuke and I discipline. You say, well, don't love me so much, Jesus. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, it means, have you ever seen when a teacher gives up on a student? Nah, I don't want to talk with him anymore. He doesn't listen. I don't want to waste my time. He doesn't try to correct. He doesn't try to discipline. Or when a parent's given up on a son or a daughter, ah, they won't listen. I don't call them. I don't talk with them. I don't tell them it's wrong anymore. They're not going to listen anyways. I don't even bother anymore. God says, those whom I love, those who I care about, those that are close to my bosom, those people that I cry about, care about, cherish, those that are my sons and daughters that I gave my life for, when they start straying, I rebuke them and I discipline them, not in a punitive way, not in a way that's just about punishment, in a restorative way, in a way that's bringing them back to where they need to be. God doesn't just punish to punish the people that he loves. He disciplines to bring us back on path where we need to be. That's how God works. But let me tell you, if he loves you, he rebukes you. I don't know if you've ever felt and heard the strong rebuke of the Spirit of God that gives conviction to your soul. I sure have. Have you ever felt it? God speaking to you in a strong way that rebukes your soul, that challenges you, that brings you under conviction. Rebuke means to strongly challenge and jolt us out of our current path so that we'll turn around and go another way. That's a rebuke. God loves us enough to rebuke us, tell us the truth that's hard even when we don't want to receive it. I hope you have friends in your life that are willing to rebuke you. No one likes to rebuke, but listen, you need to have friends that are willing to just, just, just rebuke you and say, you know, bro, I love you, and because I love you, I'm going to tell it to you straight. If you just have friends that tell you what you want to hear, listen, you don't have friends that really love you because a friend that really loves you rebukes you. And then he says, and disciplines us. Discipline means that it brings pain in our life, pain enough to make us learn that we don't want to go that way. That's what discipline is all about. I discipline my children. Why? Because I know that if they learn this lesson through the discipline, that they're gonna, it's gonna cause pain if they have to write or stand in the corner when they were young or if, if they can't use media or, or, or if they're grounded. I know that it causes enough pain in them to, to turn them around so they'll go in a better direction. It's little pain that's gonna save them from big pain in the future. And that's what God does. God loves you enough that if he has to bring some pain in your life now to make you wake up so that you don't go down a road of destruction, God will do it. 
because He loves you. God will do it because He loves you. You're listening to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job, And for more tools and resources designed to help you in your walk with Christ, visit boldstepsweekend.org. And perhaps the first resource you'll want to sign up for is the free weekly devotional that Mark sends out by email every Monday morning called the Bold Stepper Weekly. It's filled with biblical wisdom, encouragement, and personal updates from Mark. And it's a helpful resource, a great way to get focused on the truth and relevance of Scripture right at the start of your week. And it will also give you a more personal connection with Mark and all of the exciting updates and opportunities we have coming up here at Bold Steps Weekend. You can subscribe right now and be on the list for Monday's edition of the Bold Stepper Weekly by going online to boldstepsweekend.org. Just look for the Bold Stepper Weekly tab. Now, let's get back to our message, Hearing God's Voice. Here again is our Bible teacher, Mark Joe. So listen, he says, those whom I love, I rebuke and I discipline. So be earnest. So then he gives us four steps to take to make our way back to hearing his voice in a sensitive heart. Number one, he says, be earnest. You know what earnest means? It means to be sincere and eager, serious about it. Do you know that you can act like you really want God, but you really don't? Well, I really want to get right with God. It doesn't mean just feeling bad. It means earnest, earnest, sincere. That you have drive inside that says, I want God. I want to be right. And listen, if you're a believer right now and you don't have a desire to get right with God, then God will lead you down a path where he'll discipline you, where you will be at a point where you will want to get right with God. But I'm going to tell you, it'll be much more painful the further you go down the road. Because the further the pain has to bring, I've, I've, had people in my office that I know walked with God at one time and they just stiff neck their back towards God and says, I'm not going to really listen. I'm not, I don't really care. And they were hard towards God. And I've seen those same people broken in pain because God has had to break them to come back to him. And it's his mercy and his love that does that. So be earnest. Secondly, repent. Repent is not just feeling bad about what you've done that's contrary to God. Repent means that you feel bad enough about it, you agree with God, you confess it, and that you actually leave it behind. You don't go back to it. You say, that's not me. I don't want it anymore. It's not what I want in my life. I leave it behind and I don't go back to it like a dog goes back to its vomit. That's not what I do. It's not who I am. It's not what I will be involved in. We repent and we leave it behind. That's true repentance. And then he says, listen to this. Verse 20. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. Let me ask you a question. When you go to someone's house, why do you knock on their door? Why? Go ahead. It's not a trick question. Because you want it. And you knock on the door because you want them to know you're there. And what would happen if your son came back home and he said, well, I went to see Aunt Teresa 
Oh, good. What'd she say? Well, I never saw her. Why? I don't know. I just got on her porch and I stood in front of her door. She never came to the door. She never opened. She probably didn't want to see me. Hold on, son. Did you knock? Well, no. <clears throat> she probably didn't know you were even there, son. That's why you knock. It's interesting that Jesus says, first I knock, and those that hear my voice, before he speaks, he knocks. He knocks to tell you he's there. He's knocking to remind you, I'm here. Do you want me in? I want to go in. You hear his voice. What is his voice saying? Let me in. What do people say when they're at the door? Hey, it's me. Can you open the door? Jesus knocks to let you know he's present. And he calls to let you know he wants to be in the door. Who's he talking to? He's talking to believers in this passage. He's not talking to unbelievers. He's not talking to people that don't know him. He's talking about He's talking to people that know him that have left them out of the center of their lives. Today, the Spirit of God, his presence is here. I believe he's using my message to knock at your door and remind you I'm present. I'm here. I want you to open up the door of fellowship and communion. I love you. I Gave my life for you. I don't want to be outside of your life, on the periphery of your life. I want to be at the center of your life. I want to dine with you, eat with you, fellowship with you. I want you to wake up in the morning and say, good morning, Jesus. We have a good day in front of us. I want you to hear my voice and speak to me. I want you to be sensitive to my spirit. I want to guide you throughout the day, fill you with power, stir up your gifts, give you visions and dreams. I want you to walk in my power, my blessing, my anointing. I want to have all of you, fill all of you. That's what I've designed you for. That's what I desire of you. That is my heart's longing, the God of the universe wanting to fellowship with you. And what is he asking of you? He says, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and I will eat with him and he with me. If you hear my voice, what God is saying, respond. How do you respond? You open up the door. What does it mean? That you have the power to open or close the door to God. It's not that God is not there. It's that God needs you to, through belief and invitation, open up the door and invite him into those areas of your life. And then God says, I'll eat with you, fellowship with you. That's, that's, 
figurative language to say, I'll do life with you and commune with you. That's the heart desire of God. God doesn't want to be a God that you come and worship on Sundays and live the rest of your life as though he's some distant God trapped in a temple. God doesn't live in this building. Where's God's temple today? Go to the cathedrals of Europe and the Gothic ornate magnificent basilicas that were made a hundred years ago and you'll find tourists there, but not the presence of God. God's not choosing a building, no matter how ornate it is. God looks at you. He wants his address to be your address. God chooses over any other place in the world to inhabit. He looks at you and says, I want to live in you, with you. I want to fill you. I want my presence to inhabit you. That's my desire. I don't want a cathedral. I want you. Oh man, that should speak into your spirit and your destiny. That should, that should speak something into your identity. That should say something about how God values you. It should say something that the God of the universe wants to live inside of you. To him who overcomes, I give the right to sit with me on the throne. Just as I overcame and sat down with the Father on his throne. Verse 22, he has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Listen, I know you've heard my words. I hope you've heard the message that God has for you today, calling you to himself. The call of this message is to bring you back to having a sensitive heart for God after hearing his voice. I'm wondering if today some of you have heard the voice of God in this message and as we go into a new year, you may be thinking, you know what? I don't want to live like I did this past year. In fact, I have been burdened to change, but I haven't known how. I want to pray with you. If you're at a moment right now where you feel like, I, I just can't keep living the way I've been living. I know that God is... God is not where he needs to be in my life, and my spirit is grieved, and my heart is sad, and I am one of those people that have been living lukewarm, but God is awakening me. And if that's you right now, I'm so glad that you're convicted. I am so happy that you sense a, uh, that, that there's a sense of misery in your life right now. That's a great sign. It's a sign that God is working in your life. It's a sign that you, you cannot continue to live the way you are. It's a sign that you are responding to the presence and the voice of God. And so, Father, I pray for my brother, my sister right now that is just unhappy with the spiritual condition of their life. You've been convicting them for some time 
They sense that lukewarmness, that fire hasn't been there in a long time, that hunger for your things has practically disappeared. And thank you, Lord, that you're awakening them even now to a a desire for a greater intimacy with you. Thank you, Father, that you're making them discontent with their spiritual condition. Thank you that you're drawing them to repentance. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would graciously and gently draw uh, our brother or sister to repentance, to say, I'm, I'm done with the way I've been living. God, I need you like never before. And I pray that this would be a time of spiritual awakening. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Mark. Most importantly, if you'd like to learn more about what it means to accept Jesus as your personal Savior, there is a video on our website you need to see. To find it, simply go to boldstepsweekend.org and click on the link titled, Take Your Next Step. Mark made this video to help explain in simple, clear terms what being a Christian is all about and how you can take your next step no matter where you are. Once again, the address is boldstepsweekend.org. Click on Take Your Next Step. While you're on our website, be sure to take a few minutes to explore all the faith-building resources and tools we have available to help you grow in your relationship with God. And one resource you'll definitely want to check out is our latest Bold Action Gift. This month's edition is a book titled A Journey to Victorious Praying. In this resource, Dr. Bill Thrasher walks us through the essential process of authentic biblical prayer. He addresses some common misconceptions and offers both truth and practical next steps to help Christians reawaken their prayer life and take a new journey towards spiritual victory. So if you've been struggling to make prayer a priority or you're just unsure of why or how prayer can really make a difference, reach out today and request your copy of this elevating resource. Again, the book is called A Journey to Victorious Praying. And we'll be happy to send you a copy when you send a gift of any amount to the Ministry of Bold Steps Weekend. You can send that gift in the mail by addressing your envelope to Bold Steps Weekend, 820 North LaSalle Boulevard, Chicago, Illinois, 60610. And thanks for remembering the many expenses we have in bringing you this Bible teaching program each weekend. Now for Mark Job, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time for Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.